0: All right, good to see all of you out tonight. Uh, we're uh, doing a short study in the book of Joshua. We're not going to go through all 22 chapters. Um, but we are in chapter 3 tonight, Joshua chapter 3. And uh, just a heads up, so that, again, the more information you folks have, maybe there's somebody you know that would like to be a part of our studies um, Coming up uh, after we finish uh, Joshua in in a couple more weeks, uh, we're going to be starting a new study in the book of Daniel on Tuesday nights on February the 22nd, Tuesday, February the 22nd. We start a new study of that great book in the Old Testament, Daniel, and uh, so I hope we can get a lot of folks out for that. Real quick. The reason why the Old Testament book of Joshua is so practical and relevant for us, even in the New Testament age, is because the book of Joshua is really all about going further with our God than we've ever been before, going beyond where we've ever walked with God before. And so the principles that that God gives us in this book can certainly be applied to our own journey with God as well. And even though the obstacles, if you will, the challenges aren't exactly the same, obviously we know that the further we go with God, the more we grow, the more we spiritually mature, that there's always going to be obstacles and opposition and conflict and, and circumstances and all this stuff that you and I have to deal with. So before we dive into chapter 3 tonight, chapter 3 is really all about the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River. And what I want you to picture in your mind tonight is what is that Jordan River right now in your life and my life? What what is that daunting obstacle, if you will, that, that thing in front of us that we can't miss it. We know it's there, but we know that in order to go further with God, this is that one thing in my life right now that God's spirit, that God's word, that everything is coming together saying, this is what we need to overcome, Jeff. This is what you need to, in a sense, cross over and, and get over and pass through in order to even go further with me. All of us have that that thing in our life At different times, it becomes our Jordan River experience. And God doesn't want us to stay on this side of the Jordan because then we'll never experience what's on the other side of the Jordan that God has for us. God wants to take us through the Jordan River. And therefore, He's not going to make the Jordan River disappear. Uh, He's not going to take us around the Jordan River. He wants us to learn how to go through the Jordan Rivers of our life So that when other Jordan River experiences come up, when other even, as we're going to see in a couple weeks, a Jericho stands in our way, the most fortified city at that time in in that part of of the promised land, that, that we will have the confidence in Him that anything that stands between us and going further with God, God will take down. So you'll notice, beginning in chapter 3, after they had been encouraged by the news that Rahab had given them when they went to to visit Jericho and and spy out the land, and they came back with such an encouraging report, the Bible then tells us in chapter 3, verse 1, that bright and early the next morning, Joshua and the Israelites left uh, Shittim and came to the Jordan. First of all, bright and early, what do I want to say about that? Uh, Well... What this describes is, is, a, is, a, is a man who's eager to get going with the task before him, even though he knows it's going to be a challenge. And what it reminded me of is that many times in my life, uh, I am faced with the choice of, I know that in order to move forward in some way, whether it be as a church, whether it be individually, or whatever, that, that there's something difficult that needs to be dealt with. And you and I all know as human beings that sometimes when difficult things come up in our life, the the thing that we like to do is procrastinate, to put it off, to not face it. The problem with that kind of strategy is it doesn't go away. In fact, it only probably gets worse the, the longer we don't deal with it. And so... The attitude that Joshua wakes up with that very next day is really a a great starting off point because it shows us a guy that is willing to face a difficult challenge because he knows that there's no sense in putting this off. There's no sense in procrastinating. Let's just get to it and let's get over this Jordan because we've got to get over this Jordan. And so maybe tonight even God is is saying to some here tonight, don't keep putting off what you know you need to do. It's not that it's going to be easy, and that's what, again, makes it so tempting to just say, I'm just going to put that off for a while. But if we know that this is what God wants us to do, then let's just do what what is necessary in order to face this difficult task, this difficult situation, whatever that is, and let's, let's get to it. So bright and early the next morning, Joshua and the Israelites, I said, they, they came to the Jordan. Why the Jordan? What, what is so significant about that? Well, the word Jordan literally means descender in the Hebrew language. And, and what it's picturing for us, and, and I want to try to build this picture in your mind, is that there were many places in the Promised Land where the Jordan River was a very gentle river. But at this particular spot that they were crossing, right across from Jericho, the Jordan was fed by the mountains of Lebanon. And especially at this time of the year, we're going to see it was springtime, when the snows would melt and and the Jordan would meander, that there were a couple thousand feet, you know, places where it would drop and drop and drop to the point where by the time it got to this place... It was a pretty good torrent. It it was a rushing current. So the idea that you and I need to get in our mind, again, is the challenge that they faced. God wasn't taking them across a Jordan uh, here when everything was calm. This was a Jordan River that was stirred up. This was a Jordan River that was a torrent. This was a Jordan, Jordan River that was intimidating. This was a Jordan River that was flowing, as we're going to see later on in this chapter, at flood stage. That's significant. Because again, many times the reason why we've hesitated to cross our Jordan is for that, those very reasons it's intimidating, uh, it's daunting, it's, it's challenging. This isn't going to be easy. Sort of going back to, again, tying this into Sunday's message about where did we ever get the, the philosophy that the Christian life and walking with Christ is somehow an easy life. It's a fulfilling life. It's the most satisfying life. There will be nothing that brings us more joy and, and all of that than following Christ, but it's not easy. There's nothing easy about taking up our cross daily and dying to self and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we're going to be called upon by God to cross our Jordan once and for all and to go beyond that Jordan River and overtake it once and for all. So, the Bible says in verse 2, after three days, they had camped there. Can you imagine for three days they heard the rushing of that water? I mean, just you and I know we've been places... Whether it was next to an ocean with the the waves come in and just how how that sound is. And we've probably been by it sometimes, you know, rivers. When I was crazy and I was young, I went whitewater rafting. And I went whitewater rafting on one of the one of the big rivers in our country uh, back in, you know, my part of the country there in West Virginia at flood stage. Yeah, I, God was gracious, that's all I'll say about that. But just just if, if you could block out everything else in, in your senses, just the noise that water makes. And so you can imagine now, they know that God wants them to cross this, and now they've come and they've camped there for three days, and it's right there in front of them. And the whole time, I'm sure like we would be, we're going, we're going to cross that? God wants us to cross that, right, and cross it now. Could, God, couldn't we wait till summer, till it calms down a little bit? I mean, that's the way we want. We, when we come to our Jordan River, God, calm it first, and then let's go across. And God is like, no, no, you don't understand. If you go across this now, if you have the faith in me that I can take you across this when it's as big and daunting and and all of that now then when you face other things down the road they won't be quite as intimidating because you'll understand that that with me with you you can overcome all these obstacles in your way and i believe that's why it is very significant of even the time of year that god brought them to this point out of their 40 year wandering in the wilderness and said now it's time to cross So the leaders go through the camp and command the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, you must leave here and walk behind it. First of all, The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was just a chest or a box. In fact, that's what the word Ark means, just chest or box. There was nothing necessarily fancy about the Ark, except that it symbolized the power and presence of God amongst his people. When they saw the Ark, it was as if they were seeing the power and presence of God in a visible way in their midst. Now, you and I have something much better as New Testament Christians today. We don't follow an Ark of the Covenant. We have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us to guide and direct us. But back then, they had the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized And so notice, the first challenge to them in order to be able to cross their Jordan was see God. See God. When you see the Ark of the Covenant. And when we have a Jordan facing us, we need to be able to see God before us. And then beyond that, notice that not only do we need to see God, we need to follow God. Because then they were commanded to walk closely behind it. If we're going to cross the Jordan Rivers in our life, we we need to be able to see God and focus on Him even through those Jordan River experiences and we need, need to keep following Him. Even though, again, in our mind we're going, uh, God, isn't there an easier way? Couldn't we do this some other time? I mean, you know, all the, no. God says, I want you to cross this now. Let's do it. You see me, you follow me, and then look at verse 4. But stay about 3,000 feet behind it. See God, follow God, honor God. One of the reasons why they needed to stay behind it was simply for reverence and respect. And you see this even in the way God commanded the people to even handle the Ark of the Covenant. if somebody mishandled it, they'd drop dead. He is a holy God. And so there always had to be that reverence and respect for who he was, to honor him. But also, you'll notice very practically, it also says, keep your distance so that you can see which way you should go. In other words, know in detail the road or path I want you to take. For notice this, for you've not traveled this way before. If they'd have gotten too close to the ark, remember, this is a group of people, probably a couple of million people strong. So they needed to strategically keep back their distance too so that everyone could see which direction to go and there would be no confusion because God is not the author of confusion. He wants to provide a clear path for his people to go, especially when we're trying to cross our Jordans in our life. And I love that phrase, you've not traveled this way before. That's really the key of the whole book of Joshua. Going somewhere with God where we've never been before. Going beyond where we've ever been before. That's what God calls us all to. Wherever we are as a Christian, that's what, again, makes Joshua such a practical book. Because wherever you and I are in our walk with God, there's still more. There's still still more out there to experience, still more out there to understand, still more out there to know, still more of God out there and more of his will and more of his word and all of that. So God is always calling us to more. And that's why the book of Joshua is such a a great encouragement even for us today. So we've seen already that Joshua was willing to get up and tackle even the difficult project. But they had three things to keep in mind. See God, follow God, honor God. And then they come to verse 5. And then Joshua told the people, Ritually consecrate yourselves. Literally, spiritually prepare and dedicate yourselves. Because crossing the Jordan isn't going to happen because we're the strongest physically group of people. Because we are the smartest group of people, or all of that. We're going to cross this Jordan with God's help because we have prepared our hearts, and, and, and us and God are okay. We've confessed our sins, we, we are spiritually prepared and dedicated See, part of the reason why God had to let that previous generation die out is because of their lack of commitment. Yes, their unbelief, but part of it was what came first. The chicken, did the, did the lack of commitment come before the unbelief? Did the unbelief come out of their lack of commitment? You know, we could argue that point. The problem was that previous generation that died in the wilderness lacked commitment and dedication to their God. And the one thing that this generation needed if they were going to go into that land and experience all that God had for them was to be dedicated, be committed. They couldn't, they couldn't go into this land going, okay, we're going to get 50%. They had to be willing to say, we're going to give this our all. We're going to put everything behind this. We're finally going to put God first in our lives. He's not going to be just one thing we've added to the rest of our lives. He's going to occupy first place. And so there needed to be this spiritual dedication and commitment. Well, it was time to, you know. And, and it, it reminds us, too, that our Jordans are going to be crossed whenever you and I, again, are at, at, at look at our spiritual life first before we do anything else. It, it sort of goes back to the principle of Matthew 6.33 when Jesus said, If you and I will just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those other things will be added. And, and they will be added in the order they should be, and they'll be prioritized and all of that. But you, you seek first the kingdom of God. That's really what Joshua is saying. Let's get right with God. And if we do that, then it doesn't matter what the Jordan looks like, what Jericho looks like, what the giants in the land look like, or anything else. We're going to get through each and everything because we're going to be ready. We're going to be spiritually ready. For tomorrow, notice verse 5, the Lord will perform miraculous deeds among you. Sometimes we forget that God still wants to do miracles amongst us today, and he does. But I think in order for us to experience God's miracle working power, there's a few things we need to do. We need to keep our eyes focused on God and see God. We need to be following God. We need to honor God. And we need to spiritually prepare and dedicate ourselves. And when we do those things, I believe that the power of the Lord is unleashed in our midst and we begin to see God's miracle working power. God still does miracles. And, And in a sense, he wants his people to expect to follow a God who still does miracles. Things that will surpass anything that you and I can do humanly. Things that will distinguish him and separate him as God from anything else we know. So that when it is done, everybody stands back and goes, that was from God. (laughs) That wasn't anything we did. That wasn't anything we cooked up. That was God. In fact, we're nine months into this church. Nine months into this church. The one thing I can say about the first nine months is this was all God. This was God. If somebody wants to see a testimony of God and what God can still do, talk about the Oasis Church. This was God. This wasn't any man or any group of people or anything that did this. This was God, and God should get all the glory for it. God still does miracles. <laughs> the first miracle was getting Jeff Royce on board, but we'll talk about that some other time. Verse 6. Joshua told the priest. Pick up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they picked up the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of the people. First of all, interesting, the words pick up there literally mean to lift up and exalt. And it's the idea that they weren't just physically picking up the Ark of the Covenant, but by doing that, it was symbolic of them as a people lifting up and exalting God in their midst. And when you and I again make it all about God rather than about us, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see Jordans overcome. We're going to see Jerichos conquered in our life when we make it about God and when we lift him up and when we exalt him. Also notice that leadership is the responsibility of being an example of living by faith. That's leadership in the spiritual biblical sense. That's what these leaders did. They picked up the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of the people. And by doing that, they were showing the rest of the people, we are going to live by faith. Because to cross this Jordan, it's going to take faith. And that's what God is still looking for today leaders aren't the smartest people in the room as far as intellect they're not this and that when it comes right down to it spiritual leadership has always been defined by who are those who are out there taking the responsibility to live by faith and to be an example to others of what it means to live by faith verse 7 the lord told joshua with this very day i will begin to honor you before all israel so they will know that as i was uh, I, w- I am with you just as i was with moses very interesting The word honor there means to grow in order to promote. In other words, God was saying, I have grown you. You grew under your uh, mentorship that Moses had in your life. You have been growing, but I want to continue to grow you so that I can continue to to promote you. And that's true for every believer today. God wants to grow us spiritually and mature us so in a sense he can promote us and, and, and do more through us and do more with us. It's no different with Joshua. That's exactly what he wanted to do with Joshua. And he wanted the people of God to know that just as he stood with Moses, just as he accompanied Moses, he will do the same with Joshua. So verse 8, instruct the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the bank of the Jordan River, wade into the water. Now again, this wasn't calm. This was, this was raging. This was torrent. And the priests have to set the example and they have to wade into the water. Very interesting. The word wade there in the Hebrew means to take your stand. The, the priest had to take their stand in this water. Well, we, you all, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't say it, but there, a couple times I've been in the ocean. I'm a pretty big guy. I'm six foot four. Don't quite weigh as much as I used to, but still, I'm, I'm not a small guy. I am no match for waves. Okay. You know, I, I mean, you go out in the ocean and just wave, just smack you and just smack me down like I'm nothing, you know. And then I come up eating sand and stuff. It's not a pleasant experience. So so you can imagine, again, what's going through the minds of these even priests who are going, well, this is what God wants us to do. But you can imagine, I mean, going into, out here, it would be like people driving through, uh, you know, when the monsoon hits and they try to drive through the water and, then their car gets swept away. You can imagine what was going through the minds of the priests. They're going, if I go in there, we're going to get swept away. And there goes the Ark of the Covenant, and there we go. But they had to have faith that God said, this is what I want you to do, so do it. And so they were willing to take their stand. Literally, and it's almost like even we're, we're taking our stand on what God has said. Because there's no way we're going to stand up in this kind of torrent. Verse 9. Joshua told the Israelites... Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Literally, draw near and with attention and interest, leading to obedience, which is what the word listen really means. Be attentive, be interested in what God is saying so that you and I can be obedient. Going back to even Sunday, so that we get it. Sometimes we hear what other people are saying, but we just don't get it. Joshua is encouraging the people, I want you to so listen to what God is saying that we all get it. So notice one of the last things that they are doing, that they are being encouraged to do before they cross the Jordan is what? Listen to the words of God. That's how important the word of God is. That right before they went into the Jordan River, listen to the words of God. And Joshua continued, this is how you will know That the living God, the active and alive God is among you. That he's in your midst. That he's at the very core level of your being. And that he will truly drive out before you all of what I call the ites. The Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, they're all ites. Verse 11. Look. Don't miss it, in other words. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the ruler of the whole earth is ready to enter The Jordan ahead of you. Wow. See, God's going to go ahead. God's going to lead his people. It's the picture of the shepherd that Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep will follow me. And God always will go ahead of his people to lead them into the promised land, into what he has for them out there where they've never been before. All he's saying is have enough faith in me to begin to deal with these obstacles and all of this opposition and things in your way to get to where I want you to go. To experience only through those things what you and I can experience, spiritually speaking. So the Bible says in verse 12, Now select for yourself twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one per tribe. And when the feet of the priests, carrying the ark of the Lord, of the ruler of the whole earth, touch the water of the Jordan, the water coming downstream toward you will stop flowing and pile up. First of all, verse 13, when the feet of the priests, very interesting, the word feet there comes from the root to bow down. It it reminds us that that concept of bowing down is the essence of worship and where we get the word for worship in the Old Testament. So as these priests we're obeying God by going in and taking their stand in the Jordan. In a sense, God is saying that's an act of worship. That's worship to me. That is bowing down and surrendering and submitting to me and to my will and my word. And God accepts that as a sweet smelling sacrifice. That's worship from God's perspective. And then there's the word touch in my translation in the middle of verse 13. When they touch the water, very interestingly, that word means to rest in or be quiet. Now think about that. Think about the contrast of that. These priests are getting ready to put their feet into this raging torrent of water that I'm sure is just rumbling, the sound of water like that. And yet when they touch the water, the word is, I want you to rest and be quiet. In the middle of all of that. Sometimes in our life, there's all this stuff raging around us. And God wants to take us into what I call the eye of the storm. Where it's calm. See, that's the way those big storms are. That there's this big hurricane, but in the very middle is the eye where everything is calm. And sometimes as we begin to go through a difficult challenge or circumstance in our life, we're out there in the outer bands and we're just getting beat up. And we hear the voice of God saying, keep coming, and, and, and we're going to God. You're crazy, right? I'm getting beat up here in these outer bands of this hurricane in my life, and you're asking me to keep moving? And God is saying, yes, because if you trust me, I'm going to take you right into the actual very center of that storm. And in the very center of that, you're going to experience something you don't think you're going to experience. You're going to experience a peace, a calm, and a quiet if you just keep following me. Even in the midst of the storm. And you and I all know that if we've walked with God any length of time, that there have been times in our life where it seemed like everything around us was just going nuts. And yet, because of God's pr- power and presence in our life, and because at that moment maybe of our obedience, there was a peace that, we, that passed all understanding. There was a calm, and, and people would maybe even come up to us and go, how can you be so calm and, and so full of joy and so full of peace whenever it seems like your life is falling apart? And a lot of times we as Christians just say, ah, I can't explain it, it's just God. Because, humanly speaking, I should be pulling whatever hair I have out that I don't have anymore, type of thing. And that's what God wanted to illustrate here as well. He wants us to learn to rest and be quiet, even in the midst of the raging rivers of life. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. God wants you and I to be still tonight in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the raging water. And then notice what happens. When by faith we continue to follow God, the Bible says a miracle took place. And God literally stopped the water. Now, I can't explain that, folks. But God's the creator. And if I believe that God's a the creator, then God can do anything. If God can part the Red Sea, he can pile up the Jordan River. I don't know how it happens. But God can do it. He can do miracles if we believe. Verse 14. So when the people left their tents to cross, to go beyond the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And when the ones carrying the Ark reached the Jordan, and the feet of the priest carrying the Ark touched the surface of the water, the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest time. The water coming downstream toward them stopped flowing. A couple things. This word touched in verse 15 instead of now meaning taking your stand in this means plunged in. I mean the, the priest it, it's not like you can partially sort of wade into a rushing current. You just have to go. It's not like going into a pool where you can you know calm water and start dipping your toe and getting in there little by little. You just sort of have to just dive in and go. And and that showed the faith of the priests and the faith of the people to follow what God said. And then I love this word. The word in my translation, when it touched the surface of the water, that word surface literally means the end, the extremity. And what that reminds me of is that sometimes we are at the very end of ourselves. We are at the very extreme, thinking if God doesn't show up soon, and it's when we, by faith, just are at the very end, that's when God steps in. And that's exactly what happened here. And then I love the reminder that the the Jordan was at flood stage all during harvest time. The words flood stage... Besides meaning completely full and overflowing, also very interesting, those words in the Hebrew also were translated as an army at full strength. It's like God saying, you're going to cross, and and, and you're going to cross this obstacle in your life, not when the enemy's weak, not not when the enemy doesn't have all, you know... We're going to cross and you're going to defeat this army, this enemy, this obstacle in front of you when it is at absolute full strength. Because I want you to learn, God is saying to them and saying to all of us, I want you to learn how powerful I am. And that no matter how powerful that Jordan River looks to you or whatever that obstacle in your way that just seems insurmountable and daunting and intimidating or whatever, that before me it is nothing. And I can help you to cross that and overtake it and overcome it, no matter what it is. That's what we have to remember. See, again, many times in our life, I should say it this way, many times in my life, I want God to, if there is an obstacle, if there's something challenging in the way, I want God to to either move it, take me around it, or lessen it. And God is saying to me many times, Jeff, if I take you over this obstacle when it is at absolute full strength, then don't you realize you're going to begin to have your faith strengthened and you're going to begin to have your confidence in me strengthened to the point where you didn't cross that and overtake it when it was its weakest. You beat that when it was at full strength. And if you can do that, then you can begin to to sort of draw on those experiences in your life that when the next Jordan River comes in your life and I ask you to cross that, you can go back in your mind and go, well, when that last obstacle was at absolute full strength, God brought me through that. It was the worst possible scenario it could be. And God was faithful and God was there and God helped me to cross that and get over it. And so God's going to help me cross over this as well. verse 16. So the water coming downstream toward them stopped flowing. It piled up far upstream at a city called Adam near Zarephath. And there was no water at all flowing to the sea of Ereba, the salt sea. And one of the reasons why God did that to give them a lot of space to cross was because There were two million people that had to cross that Jordan. I mean, can you imagine if it was just the space this size? It would have taken him a long time to get two million people across the Jordan River. So he had to make sure that the space was wide enough for a couple million people to cross at that time. So it wouldn't take years to cross. And then the Bible says the people crossed the river opposite Jericho. That's what God wants to happen in our life. He wants us to cross that river. And I love this. The word cross there can also be translated to overtake or to overcome. And that's why, again, the Jordan River isn't just a physical river. It is symbolic of whatever lies in our path of going further and going beyond with God where we've ever been before. There will be those Jordan River experiences in our life. That descender. That raging, intimidating, daunting river in front of us. That's at flood stage. It's at full strength. And God says, cross it. Cross it. So you can see who I am. And so you can see what I can do through you. Don't stay on this side of the Jordan. Because... What I have for you on the other side is so much better than you even already experienced on this side. So verse 17 says, as we wrap this up tonight, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly. Literally, the words mean held their ground continually. But notice this. It was on dry ground In the middle of the Jordan. See, some people who are skeptical of, you know, God and the Bible and miracles, and when they come to passages like this, they'll even say, well, there there was some physical, natural phenomenon that caused this. The problem is, even if you thought that this wasn't an example of the supernatural power of God, how do you explain the dry ground? I mean, even if the water somehow got dammed up or stopped flowing, the ground doesn't instantaneously get dry. Those two million people would have been bogged down in such muck and mud and mire. They would have never gotten across, and God knew that. So God said, not only am I going to stop the river from flowing, I'm going to dry the ground so that you don't have to worry about getting stuck. You're going to be crossing on completely dry ground. And so the Bible says all Israel crossed over on completely dry ground until the entire nation was on the other side. In closing tonight, I started out by asking you to think in your mind about that Jordan River. And what it looked like and what it sounded like and and what it maybe is in your life and my life. But I want to end with these thoughts. Tell yourself and keep telling yourself and keep reminding yourself God doesn't want any of us to stay on this side. He wants us to get to the other side. And hopefully through being reminded of what happened here in Joshua chapter 3. Maybe some of you are right there at the bank of your Jordan River and you haven't yet crossed. You've been procrastinating, you've been putting it off, you know that this is going to be difficult, this isn't going to be easy. But if you and I truly trust and believe in God and in his leading in our life, we're going to cross it. And we're going to be okay. And we're going to get to the other side and when we get there, we're going to experience God and life with God in a way we never could if we would have stayed on this side. As I shared Sunday, I can't tell you how many people, Christians, who I believe got to a certain level, a certain point in their walk with God, and they were facing a Jordan River and basically said, that's it, that's as far as I go. I'm staying on this side. I'm not crossing. And their whole life is spent in the safety, if you will, the the comfort zone, the familiar. of the other side of the Jordan. But God doesn't want his children to be satisfied always on the other side. There's times where God brings us, like he did his own people, to the very brink of our Jordan and says, trust me, let's cross it. And let's once and for all overtake it and overcome it and let's get to the other side so that we can keep on keeping on with God. So, be encouraged. God is with you. The ruler of the whole earth is on your side because he wants you to get to the other side. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that the Old Testament, that many times we don't read as much as the new, we don't study as much as the new, and yet, God, it as your word says, it's all relevant for us. And Lord, this chapter in the Old Testament book of Joshua speaks to us so clearly today. Because all of us are going to have those Jordan rivers in our life. Those things that we know we need to cross. Those challenges, those obstacles that are in our way from becoming all that you've created us to be and experience you in a greater and deeper and more wonderful way. And yet, God, we confess many times, we're just scared, we're afraid. But as you told Joshua and the people of Israel in the very first chapter of this book, be strong and courageous. And trust me, I will lead you across that Jordan. And I will lead you on dry ground. It looks like that that river, that obstacle, is just going to tear us apart. It looks like it's going to sweep us away. It, it looks like there's no way we'll ever be able to cross it. But God, if we just trust you and begin to put our feet and plunge ourselves into that Jordan, then we'll see the power of God in a way we could never see it any other way. So God, help us just to see you, follow you, and honor you as we cross our Jordan. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, thanks for being here. Have a great rest of the week.